Stephen. Hello, Stephen. How are you? Well, I've been better, I guess. Uh, I'm personally, I'm doing pretty well. I got my second shot since uh, we spoke last, uh, which was a lot easier than my first. So you know, I'll be I'll be immune to from to everything the next little while. Uh, but uh, but so personally, I'm doing pretty good. But uh, I'm a little worried about uh, events in Canada. Yeah, I I agree. And then just for those who've been tuning in the last few weeks. Um, I promised the end of last week that I would have my winter tires changed. Oh, by, I didn't want to ask. <laughs> by this time this week, they are not changed, but I took them in <laughs> to to be changed on Monday and they had to, they didn't like the treads on the tires, the, my regular tires. So they had to order new ones. So the new tires will be put on tomorrow. So it, All right. it, it has been done more or less. Um, that, that's more exciting than me getting my second jab no it's about the same it's, okay. <laughs> yeah. um as you mentioned concerned about canadian social and racial harmony uh concerned about importing of uh importing of violent styles of racism into canada there's so much tied up in the Tragic doesn't begin to cover it as far as a word. Uh, murder of the Afzal family in London, Ontario, a family that uh, some murderer uh, was out in his truck and he was he saw the family. He determined that they were Muslim based on uh, perhaps their clothing. I don't know if they were wearing some kind of clothing of that nature or just their skin color. Yeah, no, they were um, wearing, wearing the women wearing headscarves. Yeah. Okay, so he, he said, there they are, Muslims. And he drove his truck right into them and killed four of them. One nine-year-old boy is in critical condition. And when that boy comes out of critical condition, God willing, uh, what he's got waiting for him, the level of trauma and abandonment and like, you know, being a survivor's guilt, uh, those, those kind of scars won't heal the same way the other kind of the physical scars will this this boy has a long road ahead of him and it's alarming to me because of the fact that these four people five people uh were run down by somebody deliberately looking to run down muslims uh the fact that it's happened here in canada this is the kind of thing that we have seen happening especially the last two years in the United States, where people go, uh, the, the, the racism just poisons them to the point where they just want to, they just want to kill. I mean, we had the uh, mosque fire in Quebec, but that was by somebody I happened to to be well acquainted with one of the officers who dealt with that case and dealt with the individual. And he was mentally troubled. Um, it wasn't so much hate as it was. Uh, he was in Intense, intensely troubled, um, and that's where he focused it. This is, so far as I understand it, not that. This is someone deliberately going out, and, and remember, this guy didn't kill himself afterwards. He got arrested. He stayed alive. Usually, they this is like their last hurrah, but he stayed alive. He must have known what was going to be coming for him, but he still did it, which gives you a, a look into that mind. I don't know what it tells us. Yeah, and, and supposedly proud of what he did too. I mean, you know, details are, are, are sketchy, but uh, what we're learning about him too, you know, young men, you know, 20 years old with a, uh, a uh, you know, um, supposedly from a devout Christian family. And, uh, you know, when he was, uh, you know, just before he's apprehended, he was telling someone, you know, to, uh, to take video of it uh, because, you know, th this is going to be, you know, this is going to be a big story and, you know, was smiling. Uh, afterwards, so you know, far from uh, from taking his own life or feeling you know guilt or remorse or or any human emotions, uh, you know he he was in it for the uh, for, you know he was proud of what he did uh, apparently, and and uh, so you know that's that you know. Yeah. I, I how can somebody come from a devout Christian family and take the lives of innocents? There is you know there are statements in that can be construed in the Old Testament, you know, the Torah and the Quran as being some, people can take them as proscriptions to uh, cause harm to those who don't belong to your, your faith group. Um, but the, I don't know of anything in Christianity that says that. 
No, uh, and, and, and in fact, you know, the Old Testament and, you know, and, and the New Testament, you know, tell that it's a positive duty to be kind towards strangers and immigrants and refugees and to to look after other people. So, you know, this is a this is a perversion of, of, of Christianity. But, you know, there's there's fun. One of the biggest problems in the world, you know, that we face is 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 religious fundamentalism. And, and that that cuts all kinds of different ways. I mean, th there's certainly Islamic fundamentalists who have caused all kinds of problems you know, over the last, you know, you know, seven, 800 years, uh, well, you know, about 1200 years. Uh, and there's Christian fundamentalists who've been causing trouble longer than that. Well, I go back um, to the Inquisition. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and go back farther. You know, crusades. Back. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and, there's, the and there's, there's fundamentalist uh, Jewish groups, Orthodox yeah. Jewish groups yeah, in Israel that have been sowing discord and uh, damaging the situation between uh, Israelis and Palestinians for for decades now and uh so fundamentalists anywhere extremists anywhere are people who seem to get caught up in the zeal and lose the message yeah and for, you know as you said it you know this is a bit of an american import i mean both that sort of evangelical um that that mean gun-toting christianity but also you know the anti-muslim anti-islamic feeling i mean you could you know you could go all the way back to the 70s with the Isra uh, the iranian uh, hostage crisis which the americans are still mad about and follow it through the gulf wars in afghanistan and you know and and 911 which has scarred the american psyche for forever Perfect. just uh, as uh, as i was hooking up for us to do our podcast i you know i was go going through my last minute emails and i had an email from someone in the united states it was an ad and they're selling 20th anniversary coins commemorating uh, the uh, 911 and the two towers because this is the you know, 2021 uh, 20, uh, is the uh, is the 20th anniversary yeah. of it and there's this this thing in the last 30 40 50 years where you know um islam has been the bad guy and there's been certainly trouble in the middle east the taliban is is uh, has caused all kinds of problems you know the iranian um you know the the iranians have, have caused all kinds of problems in the in the region i mean you know and the saudis and and various other uh, you know the kuwaiti you know various groups in the middle east of, of various uh, denominations of, of islam have have caused trouble but it's really been you know it's only when it kind of spills over into the United States that the Americans sort of get worried about it. And like I say, it started with the Iranian hostage crisis and they've been vilified because, you know, if you're fighting a war in Afghanistan against Islamic fundamentalists, I mean, that's what the Taliban is, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, and Al Qaeda is, is a competitive offshoot of it. Uh, you've got to demonize the enemy. You know, if you want to mobilize a bunch of 18-year-olds and 20-year-olds to go over halfway across the world and fight a war in a country that, you know, has, has nothing to do with you particularly and is, uh, you know, is completely foreign, you've got to build up an enemy to, to justify going halfway across the world and killing strangers. And so there has been, you know, this cheering section in the United States that has ramped up anti-Islamic rhetoric uh, with, with absolutely no nuance at all, because, you know, I, I know I know Muslims who are very modern, uh, you know, very, very integrated into Western society. They're very, still very devout in their religious life, but, you know, they keep it very, very personal. And, um, but the... Uh, um, but but there there's no nuance when it comes to you know whether it's the uh, uh, you know the, the various sects of Islam um, you know Shia versus Sunni and you know the various shades within each of those things in terms of just you know how 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 devout how how you know in their practices they are I mean it's sort of you know the difference between you know United Church where pretty much anything goes and the Catholic Church where there's all kinds of rules I mean there's um, when you look at Islam from the West, you, you lose all of that context. But so in demonizing them as an enemy in Afghanistan, they painted Islam with this big, big wide brush yeah. and they play into it with the insulate, uh, the isolated, uh, you know, and, and, and sometimes, you know, breathtaking uh, displays of terrorism that have happened, you know, the ones that were going on in, in France a couple of years ago, you know, pre-pandemic where, uh, you know, there was all kinds of um, fundamentalists who were um, you know, running trucks into, uh, into 
groups of uh, tourists in the south of France, particularly, uh, you know, and that has its own genesis in France's behavior towards uh, towards Algeria and uh, and the the North African uh, Muslims, and you know that has more to do with colonialism than it than it has to do with religion. Um, the genesis of that, but it became a religious thing, and you know it's been fed by. Al-Qaeda and, and Taliban and various other fundamentalist violent sects of, of Islam. But we're seeing it coming in, into Canada. And, you know, it's been ramped up by, by people like Trump recently. Uh, you know, a lot of American news outlets, Fox, uh, you know, Breitbart did all of this kind of stuff. Uh, o, uh, OAN, uh, some of the newer you know, alternative news things, not to mention the conspiracy theorists and, and, and some of the talking heads uh, on, on US uh, you know, radio, um, talk radio or, uh, or, or internet or right-wing TV. And in Canada, we have the rebel, you know, and political parties who make hay with this kind of stuff. I mean, the Omar, uh, Omar Cater stuff, and it wasn't that long ago that people were pounding about, uh, you know, the reparations to him for having been uh, tossed into Guantanamo as a child, and, you know, how that divided debate in Canada um, with, you know, some pretty ugly anti-Muslim rhetoric um, that's, that we like to say isn't very Canadian, but it clearly is Canadian because they're, you know, it keeps coming up. Well, you know, one of the things I had to uh, tell uh, a, a family member was, who was concerned about Muslim terrorism, I said, you know, there are a billion Muslims in the world at last estimation. If even 1% of them were uh, Islam or fundamentalist terrorists, things would be blowing up all over the place. The fact that it's, you can number in the thousands the number of uh, extremists and terrorists. It, it statistically, it is almost statistically irrelevant when you look at the, base it on the larger community of, of Islam. And the m biggest victims of Islamic violence are other Muslims who, you know, one group, uh, fundamentalist group determines are not properly following the Quran, not following the path of Allah. So, yeah. it, People don't, you know, they say, why don't the Muslims do more to, to, to criticize uh, Muslim, uh, Muslims who are fundamentalists? It's like, buddy, they're, the big, they're as big a target as you are, or bigger. Yeah. And yeah. They, you know, uh, Al-Qaeda. Yeah, you know, the, the war, you know, the wars between Iran, Iraq, and the various, uh, you know, segments of that, you know, Al-Assad, they were, you know, mostly killing rival Muslim factions. Um, but, you know, but in, in, in Canada, you know, we've had a, a number of things. I mean, it, it's a shocking, shocking statistic. There was an article, uh, not, not that, you know, a couple of years back that said, well, there may be more numerically um, incidents of racial or, or religious hatred towards Jews. There's more violent interactions against Muslims in Canada. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, there's lots of unpleasantness towards one group, but there's actual violence towards towards the Muslims. And, mm -hmm. you know, you mentioned uh, in uh, 2017, I think it was January, that there was the, uh, the shooting attack on the Quebec City Mosque, the Islamic Cultural Center of Quebec, mm -hmm. where the gunman walked in and started firing at worshipers uh, at service, killed six people, wounded 19 others. And, you know, and the attacker, you know, a student had right wing and anti Muslim political tendencies. I mean, that was, you know, he, you know, whether he had a mental illness that triggered them, or, you know, that was his particular mania that he fixed on, but, you know, we, they were definitely targeted, you know, for violence. And, but, you know, we have political parties, too, who have been milking the anti-Muslim um, sentiment. I mean, there, there was the, the stuff about Omar Khadr to begin with, and, uh, you know, in, in, it wasn't, it, it was around the same time. It wasn't necessarily in response. It wasn't introduced in response to, but but the vote was held in the shadow of the uh, the Quebec mosque uh, shootings. You know, um, the uh, non-binding resolution. It, it was in the forty-second Canadian Parliament in uh, in two thousand seventeen, M one hundred three, which was uh, um, a non-binding motion at the House of Commons to condemn Islamophobia in Canada, and it called on, on the uh, Standing Committee on Canadian Heritage to carry out a study on 
on how racism, racism and religious discrimination can be reduced, collect data on hate crimes. And you know, it passed by a vote of two, uh, 201 to 91 in March of 2017, but only two conservative MPs voted for it. Um, all of the conservative, you know, the conservatives were in the middle of a leadership uh, contest at the time. And uh, all of the conservative party leadership candidates, including Aaron O'Toole, um, uh, who was sitting in the House of Commons, voted against it, except for Michael Chong. Um, and, 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 you know, O'Toole you know, wrote an article for the Sun at the time saying, well, this is why I wrote for it. And it was just a bunch of baffle gap, really. It was like, well, it was a trap and it really didn't mean anything. And, and, and I don't really, you know, you know, if you read it, it's, it's you know, 700 words that don't say anything. But, uh, you know, it tells you more that, you know, demonstrations popped up all over the place about, uh, about motion, uh, you know, uh, M103 and how it was going to make, uh, you know, looking sideways at, at someone who was Muslim, you know, illegal and you'd go to jail for it. Uh, and I always like to say, if you want to know what something's about, look at the people who are protesting against it and yeah. the people who are prote protesting against m103 uh you know who sided with all but two conservative mps uh were uh you know groups like the soldiers of odin so if the soldiers of, of odin are on your side chances are you're on the, wrong, on the wrong side, side of the debate yeah 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 exactly. you gotta read the room you're in and yeah. uh if if you're with the sons of odin and you're with the proud boys and the people of that ilk then either you do belong there and you need to recognize that you are a racist or you don't belong there and you need to leave yeah. because and, you but, are judged by and influenced by the company they come, they come exactly and you know and this isn't just sort of an isolated incident i mean the problem you know, we've talked about this a lot of times you know the problem with with the conservative party in its current incarnation is that it really is in bed with that fringe right-wing vote which is the tail that's wagging the dog and you know i you know under stephen harper we had the you know the niqab ban for citizenship uh which you know caused all kinds of, of, of outrage and, and, you know, and, and rightly so, because, you know, you couldn't, uh, you couldn't wear a niqab if you were going to attend a citizenship ceremony. And they had all kinds of phony baloney excuses. You know, I want to be able to look people in the eye when they're taking, taking the oath because, you know, you know, these, these shifty Muslims are going to, uh, you know, they're going to have their fingers crossed somewhere under their, under, Not for crying under, out under the burqa. The thing and, is that you, the burqa like, and, oh, really? the, and the niqab, uh, they don't block your eye. No, no, exactly. You can stare so, them right in the eye and see yeah. if as if you can peer into their souls and tell if they're lying or not. Well, and, I mean, there's always high minded, supposedly high minded reasons that aren't about racism, that these people go about enacting racist policies. And the, the you can't help but think because of just how fatuous and facile these high minded ideals are that uh, you're either thinking that we're completely stupid that we're going to buy it or you don't care if we know you're lying but this is just a public statement you need to put on it yeah well and this is also you know remember the barbaric practices hotline which was but, hotly uh, hotly defended by by all kinds of people well the, and, the ndp tom mulcair even signed on to that nominally and it was what sunk the the tories it sunk the harper government and it sunk the NDP. The votes flew over to Trudeau because he was the only major party leader who said, no, this is unacceptable. And at that point in time, I have to tell you that as, as a Canadian of, uh, of uh, Eastern European extraction and Jewish extraction, um, it was a time that I felt like, you know what? I actually belong in Canada. I don't feel like people think I'm uh, a second class or Johnny come lately citizen because the country voted against that kind of bigotry and the country was incensed by that kind of bigotry and you know voted three quarters of the, those voting voted to turn down that uh that level of bigotry to, to, to turn away from that path of what used to be considered you know old stock canadian values so it, it was encouraging to me to see that a country that is still you know mostly white uh didn't buy into the dog whistle to, you know, uh, other 
the uh, you know Muslims and others who were targeted by this, and they said, no, you know what, this is not our Canada. Yeah, and they well, rejected it. Yep, yeah. and there, but you know, to, to say you know some of these things were happening, you say, okay, well, you know, Harper was kicked out, and we're all good now. We're all back to being this. But there's still vestiges of this that that are are very much alive. You know, something that was in the news, you know, just a little while ago was uh, that the. Uh, the um, Doug Ford tried to get uh, the Canadian Christian College uh, certified as a degree-granting university, and uh, one of the things about it is that they have been been uh, um, identified by 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 various uh, groups as Islamophobic, among other things. I mean, they're and homophobic, and you know, just generally intolerant. Modern world phobic. Yeah, yeah, and. I, I dug up an interesting little thing. And it's, so, you know, Doug Ford owes a lot to, you know, Charles McVetty, who was the founder of it and a spokesman and, uh, um, and, you know, goes to a lot of these rallies, uh, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, um, some of the, the ones that I think he was involved in the M103 uh, protests and, 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 you know, he's at every anti-abortion one and various other sort of uh, right-wing conservative uh, issues. But mm -hmm. yeah, I, I found, you know, I was doing a little bit of looking up and in 2011, the Canadian Christian College invited, do you remember there was a Dutch MP by the name of Wilders who was oh, yes. just the pariah of, 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 of anti-Muslim feeling. Um, and he was invited by the Canadian Christian College, which Ford just recently tried to get certified as, as a degree granting college to come and speak to them in 2011. And, you know, he was going to discuss that Islam is not a religion, but it's a political and cultural system. And you know, a representative of the college said, and here this is a quote, and we know that Christians, Jews, and Hindus don't have the same mandate for a hostile takeover. Here in Canada, there's a real clear and present danger. Um, you know, that is the idea in the, that they had about Islam generally. I mean, you know, the billion people, as you mentioned, not just a small sliver of, uh, you know, of, of, of radical troublemakers that, that every religion seems to have. And so they're still here. I mean, the other thing, Stephen Lecce, who is the uh, Minister of Education, we see him a lot in Ontario uh, because of the schools that, being open, that, closed, open, closed, yeah, open, closed, that, maybe closed, maybe permanent open. Permanent three-day beard? Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. Somehow, I don't know how somebody <laughs> without a Hollywood makeup artist how permanently has that. a three-day <laughs> beard exactly like that. Like it can't looks always like be the Miami third day Vice. when we see him. Yeah, <laughs> like, he's always, he looks like you know he's the Don Johnson style. I thought I'd start seeing him wear those unconstructed white jackets and the pastel T-shirts. Yeah. Well, Lecce was um, Harper's spokesman for banning uh, the wearing of the niqab at citizenship ceremony. So these people are still around and they're still in the system. So it's not surprising when you see, you know, the, uh, some politicians, particularly uh, on, on, the, uh, on the conservative side of the spectrum being booed when they come to, uh, you know, a vigil for, you know, for, for Muslim people who've been, you know, innocent Muslim people who've been, have been murdered as a result of Islamophobia. Uh, because people go like, you don't believe this stuff. You've been trading on Islamophobia uh, as a political tool, you know, in, in the finest tradition of American politics no. for literally for decades now. And yeah, people are starting to see through it. You know, I wanted to uh, go back to something you said a little earlier. You said that, you know, people say that this isn't, this isn't our Canada. And you said that, that, uh, if I understand you said, well, it is because it's happening, but I, I'm of a firm belief that this, that these things catch news headlines and so much attention because they're so outside of the pale. There's such outlier activities. Um, you know, in the United States, they have so many school shootings and uh, sort of mass, sorry, I mean, mass shootings that most of them don't even get news coverage. Oh, no, they have at least one a day at the moment in the United States. Yeah. That's, that is when something is truly American, for example, when something happens so often that people aren't even remarking about it, it's not even news anymore. In Canada, there are, we have isolated incidents of this level of violence happening, but they are isolated incidents. They are usually separated by years. And that to me indicates that these are not uh, products of our society, but these are outliers. These are people, twisted people within our population. 
it, it, when we start shrugging our shoulders and not covering it as news, then it becomes something to me that is truly Canadian. But people are, are appalled, uh, regardless of skin color or religion, about what happened. And we've got the news cycles totally dominated by this story because it is so out of place in this country. If it was not out of place, then we wouldn't see the same kind of attention in the news cycle. No, and I think that that's fair enough. I mean, what, what I'm saying is that, you know, Canada likes to say, well, it can't happen here. And clearly that's not true. It does. It does well, anything, happen. Anything can happen. Yeah, but yeah. Any, anything can happen. But, you know, there are there are examples uh, of institution. I mean, I, I think there's tons and tons of casual uh, racism and Islamophobia that happens absolutely every day. Um, some of the people know, aren't it, even aware that they that they they feel it just no. it just governs some of their <clears throat> gut instincts or something. It's probably not operating in their their forward brain. Yeah, and I, and I think you're right. I think you know Canada is, and uh, you know I hate to agree with a National Post uh, editorial uh, columnist, but you know there was an article a little day, a little a couple of days ago saying that you know. Canada is a pretty tolerant place. I mean, we, you know, you look at some of our, some of our laws uh, and, you know, we have been on the forefront of things like, uh, you know, um, gender equality and, um, and uh, same-sex marriage and LGBTQ plus rights. Abortion uh, rights. Yeah, you know, we've done, we are a pretty socially progressive uh, and, you know, we can't be complacent about how far we've come because we still have, we have, but, you know, a distance to go. But then you see things like, uh, you know, the, the, the Coalition Avenir Quebec uh, pass, uh, passed uh, Bill 21, um, which is, you know, the secularizing law, which basically says you can't wear any religious symbols, which include head coverings, includes uh, kippas, also known as yarmulkes, uh, you know, wearing a cross, uh, you know, visible around your neck. Um, in the public sector, and that includes teachers and all the rest. And you know, while while it's important to keep religion out of schools and and formal education and all the rest, and maybe we can have a discussion some other time about about the separate school system. But uh, you know, the idea of having a secular public service is a good idea, but that you're forcing people to not be themselves and, and violate their, their religions, you know, whether you can't wear a turban or yeah, uh, that you, seems, you know, that's an institutionalized bit of racism. And Nick, that's a and, huge bite of racism. Oh, there. Ab absolutely. And cause you know, you can have a secular education system taught by people who happen to in their private lives or personal lives uh, be people of faith, as long as they're teaching from the curriculum, and they're not preaching from the Torah or the Quran or the Bhagavad Gita or uh, the New Testament. As long as they're following the prescribed curriculum, then these people should, of all backgrounds should be allowed to be teachers, for example. Yeah. Should be allowed to be public servants, you know, working at the places like the DMV or, you know, where you get licensing for, for buildings or whatever, whatever things. They're, Quebec always falls behind, behind this secular Thing, that they need to protect their secular society when there's zero evidence that their secular society is in any peril whatsoever. And it always kills me that when they say it's completely fair because it applies to Christians too. Well, it's yeah. not completely fair because Christians are not required by scripture to wear a cross. No, to carry around a big piece of the true cross on your back. No, yeah, the, it's... but Jews and like Orthodox Jews and Muslims are required as, as matters of, of, of observance, to wear a, a, a yarmulke, to wear uh, a hijab. Uh, and really, what skin is it off your nose unless you simply don't like being, being confronted with the other? Exactly. It's not like if you, you know, you're going to get your driver's license and you know, somebody is wearing a turban and I feel like I'm not going to get good service. I mean, how does that how does that work? Or if someone's wearing a little star of David around their neck on a gold chain, it's like, oh, you know, I, I'm 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 going to be charged too much for my uh, for my uh, my license renewal because this guy's Jewish. It's yeah. like it, this isn't. Do these are these completely. You know, it's 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 ridiculous. And so it's this also, is this, it's also this, you're not going to get converted by seeing somebody <laughs> wearing a turban or somebody with a star of David and say, hey, that woman's got a star of David. I think I'll convert to Judaism. Yeah. Like it, there's no proselytizing involved in demonstrating your faith. 
Yeah. And unfortunately, being an election year, uh, and, you know, and this is for all the people who are out there who say I never say anything bad about Justin Trudeau. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm disappointed that the federal government, because there are so many votes in Quebec and because this law is incredibly popular in Quebec, um, that uh, nobody is really stepping up to denounce Bill 21. I mean, there, there's lots of weaselly words about saying, well, this is a completely domestic event uh, for the province uh, internal to them, and it's up to them to do, and there's going to be court challenges brought by other people. We'll watch them with great interest, which is which is sort of the, the liberal uh, uh, government's response right now. I'm I would be much more aggressive in saying this is clearly against the charter. I mean, Quebec could could invoke the notwithstanding clause, and and uh, you know, no no doubt these are the sorts of things where you know they absolutely would. Uh, it would be, you know, but uh, you know, this is the sort of thing, and the Muslims, uh, especially at the vigil uh, that was uh, was just held uh, the other day for the uh, for the Afzal uh, family where the politicians showed up some of whom were booed mm -hmm. uh, a lot of them were taking exception to the idea that Muslims in Quebec uh, are going to be treated badly as a result of uh, of, of, of Bill uh, 21 so you know and like I say it's an election year so nobody wants to say anything bad because they all want those Quebec votes yeah. uh, in order to form the next government and it's really terrible that you have to trade human rights to get elected. Um, you know, that's partially the nature of our confederation, unfortunately, but uh, you know, I, it, it doesn't sit well in my mouth at all. Well, um, you know, as much as we have um, a country that is origins are built in racist structures and it, those racist structures persisted in great degree and great evidence for generations. Um, we're seeing in the last 50 years, maybe, um, where people have started to recognize that, that things need to be done differently. Um, it coincides with uh, Pierre Trudeau changing our immigration patterns uh, and allowing people in from the Caribbean and other parts of the world so we got, became more multicultural and the more we hung around with people who came here from other places or whose, whose parents or grandparents did, uh, the less we became afraid of them. And the more we realized that a lot of the laws and things we passed were trying to protect us against boogeymen that do not exist. Um, it's, so there's no question that this happens and there's no question that people of color, and not just people of color, quite frankly, anybody who's part of an identifiable group, um, you know, any kind of ethnic group, religious group, um, certainly uh, skin color, um, there's no question that they're subjected to racism that may not necessarily be overt and, and, may, and, and isn't overt. Um, and it often, you know, can leave people wondering, why didn't I get that job when I was fully qualified? And sometimes it has nothing to do with skin color, but you can never, ever really be sure. That's the thing. Uh, you can never be sure that that wasn't the reason. And that's a terrible thing to carry around with you. Mm -hmm. All of this being true, I am very out of step with the people on social media who keep going on about how Canada is a racist country. We're all a bunch of racists here. The worst racists are the ones who say they're not racists. Um, it, they have devalued the, the, the notion of racism, the term racism. They, they applied it so broadly that it has lost the necessary potency that it had before. Now everything is racist. Everybody is a racist. Well, if that's the case, then racism is, doesn't stand out as a particular ill we need to stamp down. If, it seem, if, if you're saying that everybody has it, and even when you don't even realize you have it, then I guess it's just a pervasive part of human nature. Because I don't believe that though. I don't believe that it is. I don't believe that it's part of a higher functioning brain to, uh, to be racist, to be bigoted, to be prejudiced. And I do not believe, even with the history that we've had in this country, uh, we today didn't make that history. The argument is we're benefiting from it. All right, but we didn't make that history. The history we're trying to make goes in a much more progressive direction, much more inclusive, much more uh, diverse direction. 
And I had people saying that uh, they wanted to cancel Canada Day because of those uh, children discovered outside the, you know, the, the bodies of the children discovered yep. at the residential school. And they said, you know, 251 kids aren't enough reason for you to cancel Canada Day. And, you know, they're being flippant. And my flippant answer is no, it's not, because uh, I am proud of where this country has come to. I'm proud of the, where we've come from. When you look back at things like residential schools and you look back at the things like those unmarked graves, those mass graves, uh, I, I am proud that we have climbed out of that pit, that we have, we have worked hard to become a much more welcoming society. And there are people here, I, I mean, I have friends from, you know, have come here from all over the world or their parents did. They will tell you stories about, about racism, overt racism in other countries uh, where people of color live, uh, people of different backgrounds. And there is, uh, there is such, such overt and violent racism and bigotry between these groups that they come here and they see what we call big racism and they laugh at it. I've had a couple of friends say, you think this is racism? You should live where I grew up. And we don't, I mean, granted Canadians don't have that perspective because they didn't grow up in those places. But this notion that because we have a shameful past, we can't celebrate that we're going in a positive direction, that we've grown up, that we've sensitized, that we've become enlightened. We can't celebrate our victories as we move away from that and celebrate that we aren't those people anymore. No, and you know, at the same time, it's important to acknowledge, uh, you know, where we have gone wrong in the past, where we've we're going, where we're going wrong right now. But you know, I, I'm like you. I think, you know, Canada has a lot to be proud of. I think there are things that we are, are rightly ashamed of in our past. You know, the past is our past, and you can't change that. But you can try to do better. You can try to learn from it, and a a consistent culture of outrage doesn't get you any farther i mean it's it's like our last podcast where yeah. we talked about residential schools the, the the thing that i always say is yes this is terrible and this is what we know about it and yes we've studied it and what do we do now um you know how do we move forward how do we get better from this if we don't ever get past the outrage um which is youth soul and it's cathartic and I, and, and I, I, I certainly understand it, but if you don't get past the outrage, you never get onto the cure and the solution uh, because, you know, just, just screaming, you know, from, from, uh, you know, at, at people who you don't consider to be allies mm -hmm. who, who may be trying and struggling very hard to be allies, uh, you know, maybe imperfectly, it, you don't move to the next stage. And one of the things that has changed is like you say, the passage of time, you know, in the, from the seventies, when we were very, very backwards in terms of um, uh, being you know, uh, much more overtly racist towards people of color, mm -hmm. uh, very prejudiced against uh, you know uh, people uh, um, who were uh, LGBTQ, um, um, we look at how far we've come from there. And yes, you know we fall back, and there are problems, and we discover new tragedies and horrors, and we apologize for them. Uh, that have happened. But in, since the 70s, we have made tremendous gains. Um, and I think there is a lot to be proud of. Still lots of work to be done, because uh, humans are imperfect and society is imperfect. But, uh, you know, we, we have made a big difference. And part of it, too, about certainly about, uh, about minorities and women and, uh, you know, and, and various other uh, disadvantaged groups, they've come a long way because they've worked very hard. Uh, you know, they themselves um, to create, you know, an awareness and tolerance and educate the rest of us who are, who are, you know, again, through no fault of our own, you know, born white and middle class and, uh, you know, and, and, and now approaching middle age like I am. Uh, but they, um, the people who are here in the 70s uh, are now in senior, more senior positions, they've got educations, they have good jobs, they have in a position to promote uh, people you know, to learn the lessons because they learned the very hard firsthand about what it was like to be discriminated against. And so there's a natural evolution towards, I think, a more inclusive society as the people who came here and paid, you know, sometimes a very heavy price at the beginning are now the elders of, of industry, they're, they're now, senior lawyers, they're now old enough to be judges, 
you know, they have experience in government, they've reached senior positions. There's still tons of, of glass ceilings and institutional problems in hiring in all kinds of places, but it's getting better. Um, and some of that is, like say, the passage of time and the application of a, a greater awareness and sensitivity and tolerance that, you know, I think Canadians like to believe about themselves as a myth. And the nice thing about national myths is if you believe it long enough, maybe you start acting that way and it becomes true. Um, so if Canadians believe that they are generally tolerant, generally colorblind, you know, that they're champions of um, the underprivileged or the disadvantaged, then they start to act a little bit more that way. And it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. But, you know, continually telling someone that, you know, that they're bad and they're racist and all the rest doesn't psychologically, you know, whenever they've done test, uh, um, studies of, of uh, people who are entrenched in sometimes very bizarre ideas, the more you challenge them with facts, the more entrenched they become. So, you know, the outrage and the, uh, and, and the hectoring of people who are perhaps not as enlightened as others doesn't necessarily have the desired effect. It doesn't necessarily, you know, make them more enlightened. It doesn't shame them or educate them. They just get more the way they are, uh, more isolated and more radical and more, more, you know, ultimately violent. And, you know, that's to nobody's advantage. No, no, not at all. And I think I have a different, like I have a, a perspective different than I wouldn't, uh, seek to tell somebody a person of color or whatever uh whatever their identifiable background is or you know identifiable marks are uh i wouldn't seek to tell them that their experiences aren't valid i mean anecdotal evidence is anecdotal evidence but i wouldn't seek to question that but i have problems with these um very you know progressive loud white people who are telling me that racism is just as bad now as it ever was. I grew up at a time when it was still okay to treat Jews poorly. And I was treated poorly in a number of places. Um, and I have seen over the years, the difference used to be the, you know, the Jews in the room that you treated like, like the turd in the punch bowl. And now not at all. Uh, people have really come to realize that that's a false barrier to, to friendship and to, to, to work and so on. I have felt that change decade to decade to decade. I see today that people are much more, they, they don't give a shit uh, what your religion, or what, they're judging you based on who you are more often than they're not. Now there's still bigots out there. I, I uh, lost a contract uh, a year ago because somebody uh, was anti-Semitic. Um, I had, I was at a, uh, a what's the firehouse subs, you know, that, that chain, I was there with my friend and a guy came in and he got right in my face asking, where are you from? Where are you really from? <laughs> and he was getting like very, like he was, he was radiating violence and really? we, yeah. And we knew where he, what he was, he was driving at. Um, but my friend uh, who is uh, my best friend happens to be a uh, pastor. Um, he stepped in and moved the guy away. And I think because of the fact that he clearly did not look in any way Semitic, um, mm -hmm. allowed the, the, made the guy listen to him. He was just, the guy was just looking for me to say anything that, cause I didn't speak, I didn't respond to him. He was looking for me to say anything that he could use as an excuse, as a pretense. And this was, this is like a, uh, well, not a year ago because of COVID, but a year and a half, two years ago that, that this happened, not that long ago. Um, but th these are so few and far between. And I find people are much more aware of, for example, Jewish holidays, aware even, just, even if they're just aware that they exist. And, but there's a greater awareness of, of sort of the overall, what they're about. There's a greater respect for the fact that this is my faith, you have your faith, and we can all get along. And for, for people who are too young to have that perspective and people who being uh, in, a, in a protected group their whole life, never, never had this experience, never uh, were subjected to racism. They can't tell me that it's worse now than it ever was because I see how it's not. And I see amongst 
peers and other people in the, in the business world, the kind of comments that used to be made about people of color and so on, those little, little, little ribbing jokes, a little, somebody give you an elbow about it, they're gone. They're, they're, they're just not acceptable anymore. And oh, yeah. that, that, is, that is substantial progress. That is systemic progress. No, it, it, it's absolutely true. And like you said about holidays, I mean, it's not just Jewish holidays. No, I still have trouble. I still have trouble trying to figure out where they are because they move around all the time. So I have trouble. <laughs> what I have trouble even lunar calendar. I try to have trouble with Easter, too. And that's you know because <laughs> it moves around Christmas. I know when that's going to be. Yes. But, you know, but we're now starting to see celebrated publicly, uh, you know, Hindu holidays. Sikh holidays, absolutely Muslim holidays, and you know to wish someone you know a good Ramadan or a festival of lights or something. Yeah, it's Diwali, starting, all of these. You know, are... we're starting to become more aware of it. I mean, and Canada has prided itself on being, uh, you know, its identity has been multicultural because we are a nation of immigrants, uh, you know, except for the First Nations, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, Toronto, there used to be a festival. I don't know if you remember it. I mean, I'm going to date myself. Called Caravan. I remember and Caravan. Caravan was Come great. The caravan, the magic caravan. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, and it was like 140 different cultural centers that all put on. You got a little passport, and you tried to visit as many as you could, and they all had their their local food and dancing and singing and whatever they put on. And you go to the Polish pavilion, which was across from the Austrian pavilion, and you'd go out to the Romanian one, and you'd you know you'd stuff yourself with cabbage rolls and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, again, it was a very Toronto thing, and, and Toronto is not Canada. Uh, you know, but every major center has you know ethnicities. Uh, you know, whether it's Ukrainians out, uh, you know, out in Saskatchewan or you know Dukabors or you know um, Chinatowns all over the place. You know, there's all kinds of of major conglomerations of ethnic groups in Canada, and this was a celebration of different cultures and it became it's too bad it's gone now uh but it became this this thing that was like a mini un that got you used to the idea that these are your neighbors that they have uh you know different ways but we all have commonality they've got some great food uh and you'll get to meet them and 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 realize that we're all part of a community together and that was really an important way to introduce the multicultural, multi-ethnic mosaic that Canada still is. Um, And it, I think it helped take away the the strangeness and unlike the United States, which, you know, the melting pot Mm -hmm. where you come to the United States and you become American and you, and you don't want to even say where you came from. Um, It's uh, you know, in Canada, you kept that, that personality, that ethnic personality, and start and celebrated it. You know, I guess Caravan was in the in the seventies as well, seventies mm-hmm. and, and and early eighties, but uh, you know, but that's a, a far cry from you know my own great uh, my own grandfather, not even my great grandfather, was deeply ashamed of his ethnic heritage. Now he was Austrian. Now I, you know, in the grand scheme of things, Austrian is not you know well they they've they've produced they produced hitler um but uh, you know aside from aside from that aside from that you know it's the land of strudel and mozart and 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 all that and strauss and all that kind of good stuff but he was deeply ashamed of that and to the point where if people asked him what he was he said he was welsh um because he thought you know there was an accent and no one's going to challenge you on being welsh but Elsh, <laughs> welsh was sort of british isles borderline acceptable um but you know but he would not you know, you know and, and there was there's a big schism even in our family about wanting to uh, discover our family roots and he's like nope you don't want to do that we don't want to, you know, anyone to know that we're austrian hmm. um and that's changed so much you know now people uh, you know, I know some people take offense where you go like, well, where are you really from? You know, not in the way that you were uh, challenged in, yeah. uh, in your, in your subway shop. But if you're talking yeah. to a, a taxi cab driver, you know, I look at a name and I go, is that a, is that a Somali name? And he goes, yes, it is. And I said, oh, what part of Somalia are you from? And he tells me, I go, you know, I've never been, but you know, I knew yeah. the geography a little bit and they seem really excited that, you know, a little bit about, about where they are. Now, some people I understand find that offensive and othering and it isn't meant to be that way because like i say this is more of a caravan experience for me which is i'm genuinely curious about people's lives and histories and what brought them here and how they're doing 
and uh, and sort of how life is different, you know, hopefully better, you know, what the, what they love about Canada, but, you know, maybe the, what their challenges are are here as well. But we have, and I think this, this is one of our defining things that, you know, to be a Canadian, you can be from anywhere, as long as you embrace a, a, a very core set of values, which, you know, I would say is, is, is tolerance and, uh, and order and, you know, you know, peace, order, and good government kind of stuff. Uh, and aside from that, you can be whatever you want to be here. Um, and that's what defines Canada. I mean, I don't think of it as, you know, English, French, you know, because I didn't grow up just in that duality. I grew up in, in Toronto where, you know, your neighbors are Polish and Hungarian and, hey, let's go out for Thai food and let's go down to little, uh, little uh, India and get some, uh, get some great Indian food. I mean, that, that to me was Canada. Um, but, you know, some people aren't like that. Some people find, you know, different ethnicities, different religions, scary, um, frightening, and, you know, they're easily persuaded that, you know, there is this invasion of this mythical Canada that probably never existed, that was, that was white orderly, and, uh, and, uh, you know, everyone wore a shirt and tie and, and uh, went to church. You know, that's sort of the conservative, you know, when they say take Canada back again, which is Herman O'Toole's current slogan is one of his memes, you know, they're talking about going back to this mythical time that, that of the fifties that didn't really exist. And, you know, it was really actually quite terrible for all kinds of people. You know, if you were minorities or mm -hmm. people of color or, uh, mm -hmm. uh, you know, different religions, or if you were, uh, if you were gay, uh, you know, you know, the fifties were no picnic for, for those people, but no. that's sort of the idealized Canada that they think they want to get back to. So they see, you know, Muslim people walking down the street, minding their own business as, as an existential threat to the Canada they think that they deserve. And, you know, people like the Apsals, uh, you know, sadly become the target of this when, you know, places like London are, you know, I think I, I, I looked at it up on, uh, in, at Statistics Canada, is about 5% Muslim which is about, you know, about the average for Canada um, in terms of demographics. But my wife, who is from London, Ontario, remembers going to a mosque in the 70s as a part of a school field trip. I mean, th there was a Muslim presence there back in the early 70s, and it has grown and it is an important part of the London community, which is as southwestern Ontario and, and otherwise white as, as, as they come. But there's, you know, I think it was first a, 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 um, a large immigration from Somalia, followed by, uh, you know, a few other um, um, Muslim countries coming into uh, to London and creating a community and becoming part of the community. And there's still some people who look at that and say, nope, these people are a threat. And, you know, like the tragedy that we had last, uh, last Saturday, you know, the, it results in people who are minding their own business, great people from all accounts. I mean, someone, you know, the, the wife was studying for a PhD, the, you know, the father was a, phys a working physiotherapist in, in some uh, long-term care homes. You know, the 15-year-old daughter, um, Yuma, was uh, you know, a, a budding artist, uh, you know, a 74-year-old grandmother who, you know, I can't imagine being a threat to anybody. They paid the price with their lives because somebody was convinced that they are an existential threat to their way of life, and you know we've got to, we've got to hold the media and the politicians who who profit from fear of other people to account. And I wish that we could. I I see that you know fear still sells. Um, you know I was thinking when you were talking that the American slogan uh, initially was going to be their flag was "Don't tread on me." I think Canada's slogan like that would be no skin off my nose. Yeah. You know, live and let live is, is yeah. really what we do. It's like, sure. You know, if you want, you know, I've got a neighbor who, uh, who seems to be living with uh, in a, in a fairly conjugal relationship with, uh, with three women. And I say more power to him. I don't know where he gets the energy, but uh, <laughs> it's, uh, but it's, it's like, yeah, no skin off my nose. As exactly. long as I keep the blinds closed. Yeah. It's, it's like, Hey, throw, uh, gay people can get married no skin off my nose the people can practice their faith openly no skin off my nose like it's just what it comes down to is it, it, these people who want to control everything they're usually people who say they want government control uh, governments to have less control but they're the people who want to control people's lives more than anyone but they're the, the attempt that these are control freaks who are trying to uh 
customize their existence by uh, plucking out anything that offends thine eye. Um, and it's, it's not going to work, but I'm afraid that uh, thanks to Trump, who was a, has been a catalyst for this kind of sen sentiment in the U.S. that was boiling under, and then it, it, there, it's here too. Um, not in the same percentage. We do not have the same record or attitude towards other races that they do in the United States. Um, but it, it's, it's, it's boiling up. I think that we haven't seen it uh, hit full boil yet. And I'm concerned about what that's going to be. But we need leadership in politics and in the press that uh, makes very clear, like none of this take Canada back crap. Okay, because that is so clearly a dog whistle. You can say that it's just about the liberals. We're taking it back from the liberals, but they know damn well when they're sitting strategizing it. Yeah, we can say that it's about the liberals, but it also is a nudge and a wink to those people we want voting for us because they won't vote for liberals or NDP. So we'll throw them a bone. And uh, par you know, parties need to be more responsible and not provide any kind of support or seeming endorsement of people coming forward with this. You know, people have always had these attitudes, but they kept their mouths shut because it wasn't considered something, at least in the last number of years, it's become where people keep their mouths shut. More and more people learning, keep, we're learning, keep your mouth shut. If you're gonna say something that's insensitive that, that you think is funny, but is gonna really uh, offend somebody else or hurt somebody else, just shut your mouth. Um, but now people are like, no, I can say whatever I want. Who cares about offend somebody else? That's their problem. I don't care about their feelings. Um, I, I'm concerned that we're gonna see more of it and uh, more than we have seen. And, and I, don't know, I, I don't know where it will end, um, but I know it will end. This, these, these sentiments have been there, but it took someone like Trump in a position of power to come forward and tell people to give them license to spread their poison out loud, in public, proudly. We need to have these people with these attitudes slink back into their, their, their corners um, they should be made to feel ashamed like they had been before and they should learn to keep their mouths shut. And we, in order to do that, we need, uh, you know, coordinate, not coordination, or, because that sounds like a, a whole plan. We, we need everybody to be reading from the same playbook as far as the kind of society we want to build here. And, yeah, and yes. No, no, I was just going to say, you know, to end to your earlier point about, uh, you know, that that people, Canadians, are generally good, are generally trying their best. I mean, I, I think it's it's important to note that uh, that um, you know the, the nine-year-old survivor of the family, uh, Faez uh, Afal, uh, that that uh, uh, there is a GoFundMe underway to uh, to look after him because you know he's been left without his family. He does have extended family, but uh, you know that's you know he, he's lost his his sister and his mother and father. And, and, and it and does cost to raise a child. Yeah, and the GoFundMe uh, was set up uh, to, to help look after him. And, uh, you know, it, it's already at uh, two thirds of a million dollars. And, you know, that is Canadians uh, expressing their outrage by reaching into their pocketbooks and saying that, uh, you know, this, is, this isn't my Canada. And, uh, you know, I, I want to uh, make sure that this child is looked after because, you know, he's been poorly served by, uh, by one individual who, uh, who has... Uh, you know, has, has fed on this hatred and uh, taken his family from him. And what I'll do is I'll put a link to the GoFundMe, which is being run by a, a member of the family. I'll put it on our Facebook page uh, where I post our, uh, our podcast. So, uh, so look for that. And if you feel inclined, then uh, you can express your, your outrage by uh, helping support him. Yeah, do something positive rather than just being outraged. Take that outrage and uh, have it fuel you to want to do something to, to help this poor kid. Um, and I'm glad you're going to post the correct one because there has been word that there have been some fake, uh, some fraudulent GoFundMes for the family. So uh, by all means, uh, check out our page to, to get the correct one. And if you're just looking on your own, do some investigation to make sure that it's actually a proper authorized one. They're pretty quick at shutting down the frauds, but in the meantime, they they'll take your you know they'll take people's enthusiasm and throw it away if people discover they've been fooled the chances of them wanting to go and try again is, are less so it, which just goes to show you the dark side of human nature yeah it's uh, you, you despair yeah um but this has been a good conversation 
Um, so thank you again for uh, giving us all. I'm always amazed by the facts and figures and dates that you're able to draw upon. No, <laughs> well, you know, you'd, you'd be surprised what's rattling around in my head. <laughs> I, I, of, I often am. You, you, you might be shocked. <laughs> oh, that stuff I haven't heard yet, but uh, your, your, your scholarship is, uh, it really elevates this program. So I appreciate that. Um, I'm sorry to your mother because I swore a couple of times. Sorry, oh, that, that's okay. I, I actually heard her swear the uh, the other day, and uh, it was just when I was like, "Mom, I say, oh yeah, well, okay, it's it's, I'm blaming the pandemic." <laughs> okay, I, you're entitled. <laughs> I still feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. I'll tell I'll tell her to cover her ears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, Stephen can be found under uh, on Twitter at Stephen Lawtons, which is at S T E P H E N L A U T E N S. Um, and we have a Facebook page for Stephen and Stephen. You can check that out as well. Feel free to make comments, send us your, uh, your thoughts and, uh, let other people know that you enjoyed this program and share it with them. Stephen, once again, I've enjoyed our conversation. Well, me too. And, uh, good luck with uh, your new, uh, new tires. I expect to uh, get a report uh, next week. Oh, I'm going to dance tomorrow. When oh, tires new tires. I, I got new tires for uh, for one of my cars, which which doubled its value immediately. And uh, it, it's nothing like riding on new tires. Oh, I, I, all I, the I, things that excite you when you hit middle age. Oh, I'm, I'm looking forward to actually having rims. You know how w winter tires don't have rims? They're just this ugly metal. They look like they've been bolted on in some post-apocalyptic future. Um, you just need a guy with a, a pink mohawk uh, hanging off of a stick yeah. uh, as you, and an albino uh, guitarist hanging off the front of your car. Yeah, wearing, wearing uh, long johns. Shoot, shooting flames, yeah. Yeah, the, uh, so the car, I'm looking forward to having rims because I'll tell you when I pull up places to have meetings, I'm not embarrassed about the car drive, but I'm embarrassed about the way the tires look because well, you, you just park in the far end of the parking lot. That is all. what I do, <laughs> and that's why I no longer need to do that as of tomorrow because the rims will be back. Oh, it'll be a proud day. You'll be parking right next to the handicap spot. Oh boy, I'm uh, I'm getting on in years, aren't I? <laughs> all right, we are, we both are. Yeah, well, you know, they say it beats the uh, it beats the alternative. Beats the alternative, but, but nobody's yeah. ever really been able to question people on the other side. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Stephen. Always a pleasure. Look forward to talking again next week. And I look forward to you all listening to us next week on Stephen and Stephen. <laughs>